This is the Tuscan Reader Podcast. I am your host, Matthew. In this episode, a couple little news nuggets, but mostly a review of Star Wars The High Republic, The Fallen Star. It is a new year. It is 2022. I wish you all the best. Hope you had a great Christmas and a happy New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. But now, the, the year's started. We're in the first week now of The High Republic book the third novel from Del Rey is hitting shelves this week it is the final novel in the High Republic phase one more on that later but right now a couple little news nuggets you know I've always said oh Tuscan Reader is the publication news but that's not really true is it it's novel news I talk about the novel stuff I don't talk about reference books maps that that sort of thing so I'm going to stop saying oh it's the public publication news no it's not no no publisher news just novel news how about that let's kick this off with some star wars essential legends collection news a website edelweiss leaked wave four it's gonna be dropping in august you know, this website publishers post things that are gonna be upcoming so i don't know if it was like a, a leak or if they just decided hey let's just throw that out there which star wars is probably an accident because they like to keep these things under you know under wraps for a while but you know, Wave 3 is coming out in what? March, April, something like that. We've got Book 3 of the Bane Trilogy. You've got Book 2 in the Rogue Squadron series. Darth Plagueis and Kenobi coming out, which we talked about that in the last episode. But in August, which it's listed on uh, this Edelweiss website, August 2nd, 2022, the first book listed is going to be Death Troopers. I liked Death Troopers a lot. It's that horror novel, a great cover on the original. I can't wait to see what they do with all these these new covers. Um, but Death Troopers, written by Joe Schreiber. Highly recommend that you pick that one up when it comes out, uh, if not beforehand. But hey, purchase this Essential Legends collection. Show, show Del Rey that you want these Legends books reprinted, that we love them, that we hope to get the story continued one of these days. But the next one that's listed is... Shadow Hunter. It's a Darth Maul story written by Michael Reeves. I read that book as well. It was great. I recommend that you go pick this one up too when it's released. Uh, and then the third book that is listed is the Kratos Trap. It's a Star Wars um, Rogue Squadron book. So that's going to be the third book in the Rogue Squadron series written by Michael A. Stackpole. So that's cool that that information was uh, dropped out there in the wild. And someone captured it and sent it to me, Dylan from the Expanded Universe website. Thank you for uh, sending that news to me. So I could share it with uh, the Tuscan Reader listeners or watchers. Yes, there's a YouTube channel and there's also just a podcast found wherever you can find podcasts, mostly. In Star Wars canon news, we've got a delay. It's a High Republic novel by Justina Ireland. Uh, Michael Siglane on Twitter, he works over at Delray. I think he's like the vice president or something like that. He, he's got a high-up role. But he says, due to printer delays, Star Wars The High Republic Mission to Disaster by Justina Ireland will be moving to March 1st on sale. But trust me when I say that the book will be worth the wait. Thanks for your patience. Stay safe and may the force be with you. So, Justina Ireland's book delayed. I think it was supposed to come out uh, in February originally. Not sure. It, that information isn't listed. Um, but it is somewhere on the internet, and I, of course, don't care to look it up. But March. I mean, it's just a couple months away. No problem there. 
uh, Justine Ireland, she does the High Republic books. She did one of the uh, young reader books that I enjoyed, and that would be The Test of Courage. And the YA novel that she did that I did not like at all was Out of the Shadows. And of course, I don't like the YA novels in the High Republics. I don't know why. They're just, they don't, they're not doing anything for me. The only thing worth mentioning before we get into the Fallen Star review is that the out of print edition has been revealed. The cover looks incredible. I mean, I'm not going to purchase one of these out of print books. I just, the price is outrageous. I think it's like 150 bucks, but it is signed by the author. Uh, and the cover just, they're always fantastic. They look gorgeous. But for this book, you got the silhouette of a couple Jedi. One lightsaber is ignited, but you got this view of the ocean or a lake. Can't really tell in the picture, but it looks incredible. It's like sunset. Starlight beacon is falling from the sky on fire. It looks tragic. It looks gorgeous. I want it, but like I said, not going to pay the money for that. Um, we've also got a reveal of a Target exclusive book, which is the same cover as the regular release, uh, but it has an exclusive poster on the inside. And then, of course, the Barnes & Noble has an exclusive edition, which is probably like a poster or bookmark or something silly like that, just to have their own exclusive content, but nothing added to the story. And of course, I've got just the normal cover with me right here. Um, let's go ahead and get into the review. So I have received and read Star Wars The High Republic, The Fallen Star. Thank you, Del Rey, for sending me this copy to review. The first phase of The High Republic is coming to a close. The final wave of Phase 1 begins with the Del Rey adult novel, The Fallen Star, which was written by the New York Times best-selling author, Claudia Gray. She's also written other Star Wars novels like Lost Stars, Bloodline, Leia, Princess of Alderaan, and a couple others. So for the summary, I thought I'd do something a little bit different, something fun, and just read from this piece of paper that Del Rey provides inside the review copies. It's just a little news from Del Rey uh, showing you what the, the book's about. So I thought I'll go ahead and just read that and then give my summary after I read it. In this gripping sequel to Star Wars The Rising Storm, the light of the Jedi faces its darkest hour. Time and again, the vicious raiders known as the Nile have sought to bring the golden age of the High Republic to a fiery end. Time and again, the High Republic has emerged battered and weary, but victorious thanks to its Jedi protectors, and there is no monument to their cause grander than the Starlight Beacon. Hanging like a jewel in the outer rim, the beacon embodies the High Republic at the apex of its aspirations, a hub of culture and knowledge, a bright torch against the darkness of the unknown, and an extended hand of welcome to the furthest reaches of the galaxy. As survivors and refugees flee the Nile's attacks, the beacon and its crew stand ready to shelter and heal. The grateful knights and padawans of the Jedi Order stationed there finally have a chance to recover from the pain of their injuries and the grief of their losses. But the storm they thought had passed still rages. They are simply caught in its eye. Martian Roe, the true mastermind of the Nile, is preparing his most daring attack yet, one designed to snuff out the light of the Jedi. So in Tuscan reader words, the Starlight Beacon is hovering over this planet Irem in the Outer Rim, providing aid to you know, people that are affected by the Nile. Martian Roe has sent a couple Nile to Starlight Beacon to tamper with its inner workings and just cause the thing to fail. It starts to fall in atmosphere on Irem, and they've got to figure out how can we save this thing, how are we going to save the lives of all the people on board, and all the people down below that we're potentially going to crash into. 
They also released these monsters, these creatures that seek out force users and drain their life, turns them into these hollow husks, which we saw with Loden Great Storm in The Rising Storm. So we have the return of that sort of situation in this book, which is definitely a tragedy. Let's get into what I thought about this book so far. With The High Republic, I've really enjoyed the Del Rey novels. The era has been pretty hectic with the villains, great villains of the Nile, which caused disaster throughout the galaxy. There's these other set of villains, the Dringir, which I think are silly. Thankfully, they were not in this book. The previous novels introduced excellent characters with simple plots, but excellent details throughout. This novel, I, I really did not want to have to say this. It saddens me but it falls short of my expectations, and here's why. So this novel has a prologue, and when I finished that, it's just a couple pages, when I finished it, I thought, there's something off here, um, what's going on? And then it hit me that Claudia Gray, it feels like she could not break the mold of the YA novel structure. The Fallen Star suffers quite a bit with lack of detail. There is no detail, it's such a shallow story. It's simple, which, you know, that's fine. The previous novels were also simple. A straightforward plot. This one, straightforward. But with lack of detail, it's just a shallow, we're going to skip a rock over the, the deep ocean and not get a look at anything underneath the water. You know what I mean? It's just skimming the surface. The characters in this book that appear in other novels do not feel like they are in those other novels. And I'm not just talking about the ones created by Claudia Gray from Into the Dark. The cast from Into the Dark appears in this book. Not not everybody, but a lot of them do. There's also characters from Charles Soule, Kevin Scott, Justina Ireland. They all make an appearance in this book, and they just feel like completely different characters. And it makes me question, did Claudia Gray even read those other stories? Or did she just get, like, notes of, like, this is, like, some traits of these characters, which even if she just got those notes, it wouldn't make sense because they don't align with who those characters are in the previous books. The controversial Ventian character returns, um, Goad, he's the rock character that was introduced in Into the Dark. In my opinion, the, he was the best part of Into the Dark. I did not like that book. I could not stand it. I, I think I gave that book an F. It was written by Claudia Gray as well, but she brings that character into this story. Um, he brings some comic relief. He makes me laugh. He made me laugh in Into the Dark. Um, he's a rock character, okay? Uh, he also has some abilities that alter an important plot point that we spend a lot of time with. He just has this little power that he does that just sweeps the climax of that plot point under the rug, and it was kind of a disappointment because we spend a lot of time going back and forth between different plot points, and with his, it just ends so abruptly and on kind of a lone, I don't know, it was it was bizarre the way that it happened. It was very disappointing. I did not like how that plot point was wrapped up. Maybe it was supposed to be some sort of joke, like, oh, look how long we spend on this character doing these things, and then Goad comes in and just, oh, saves the day. But it's just, it's like servicing to the plot. I, I, I don't I don't know if that's even the appropriate term because it's just, it, it ends a plot, but moves other things along too. So I guess, it, yeah, it services another plot in a silly way that I didn't like at all. The one character that really stood out for me in this book was the Padawan Belzedifar. Uh, 
he really stepped up his game in this novel. He is still mourning the loss of his master, Loden Greatstorm, who in The Rising Storm was turned into this husk and then kind of just crumbled into dust. Like his soul was ripped out or something. It was crazy. But which this that, that sort of thing does happen in this novel. It's pretty creepy. It's great stuff. But Bell, he stands out. He's not afraid to jump into the action when the Starlight Beacon is burning all around him. He doesn't hesitate to jump in and take action when Starlight Beacon is burning all around him. He's doing his service to the Republic, doing a great job as a Jedi. He becomes a great friend of Buryaga, which is the uh, Wookiee Padawan. They have a great friendship that develops in this book. It's it's great. They work well together. Two of my favorite characters in the High Republic would be Elzar Mann and Stellan Gios. Now, I feel that in this novel, they did not get treated with the respect that they deserved by the author. Um, they lacked the leadership and the strength that they displayed in previous novels. They did not feel at all like who they are in other books inside The Fallen Star. Um, Elzar Mann has disconnected himself from the Force for this fear of sinking down into the dark side. He comes across as way too fearful and weak. Now, I understand that he is, as well as all the other Jedi, are students of the Force. They're learning always and growing. Um, but Elzar, he acts like he's a first-time Force user and he's afraid to use it. Stellan Gios is suddenly very prideful and a tad spiteful. Very strange. He is acting as Marshal of Starlight Beacon, replacing Avar Chris as she's out on her own mission to try to find the Eye of the Nile, which at this point they believe to be Lorna D. It's not, it's Martian Roe, but they don't know that yet. Stellan has this strange grudge against Avar. It doesn't feel appropriate to his character one bit. I did not like the way that they were treated. Something else that was a little off was the relationship or the, the tension between all the Jedi. They did not seem to really get along. They all had something against each other in this weird way, except for Bell and uh, Buryaga. They seemed to get along just fine, but everybody else, it was strange. The dialogue wasn't too bad. Of course, you got some tacky lines every now and then, but um, some words were repeated quite often, like itself. It got weird. It, it stuck out like a sore thumb. It'd be like Starlight Beacon itself, the lightsaber itself, the creature itself. It's like, why are we doing that? Why are we saying this over and over and over again? A lot of stuff just didn't add up right. I mean, like in the events of Light of the Jedi, we had these emergences where bits of broken ships would come out of hyperspace and crash into planets, killing billions of people. It was chaos. It, it was horrible. It was horrifying. The worst thing to ever happen in the galaxy, right? And then in the events of uh, the Rising Storm, the Chancellor says, oh, it's time to celebrate the Republic. So we have this big fair on uh, the Republic fair on Valo. And then the Nile attack it, kill thousands of people. Another horrible thing. But then when Chancellor So sees the destruction of uh, the Starlight Beacon, she's like, oh man, this is the worst thing to ever happen to the Republic. It's like, wait, no it's not. We, we just had billions of people die <laughs> from this emergence that happened a couple months ago. It's, it's crazy. It just doesn't make sense. And plus, we had so much political buildup in the Rising Storm that... Like, I thought we were going to get some good stuff coming from Claudia Gray in The Fallen Star with that political stuff. Like, ooh, some crazy stuff's going to happen. But no, not even touched on at all. Well, I can't, there's this guy, Thule, Thule, Thulin, something like that in uh, Tune. I think it was Tune. 
he was in the rising storm. He was like going to be like the the person that goes up and uh, faces off against Chancellor So to you know for political power. No mention of that character. It's weird. This this story is so shallow. I don't understand what happened in this writing process or editing process or however this came through is just yeah acceptable. Feels like a YA novel, not descriptive like an adult novel. Not happy with it at all. And you know, Starlight Beacon, here's what blows my mind. Starlight Beacon doesn't really have a functioning crew. It's just a few Jedi that manage it. It's kind of dumb. There's no backup system that's like battery powered on Starlight Beacon. Stellan issues communications to the, one of the spaceships, Afi Hollow, a character from Into the Dark. She's in this book. They use her ship as like the primary communications hub. Another thing that was kind of silly is there's this planet that the Starlight Beacon is hovering over, Irem. They get a hold of this planet, like the the Queen. For some reason, they want to talk to the Queen to get help, but uh, the Queen says, no, we can't. We'll have to blow the station out of the sky. We're going to shoot it down. And then Stellan, he says to them, uh, please trust me. Don't shoot us down. Um, we'll get everything under control. I mean, the queen, and then the queen is proud of him and says, oh, we'll put our faith back into the Jedi. What? This stuff doesn't make sense, guys. It just doesn't. For some reason, Martian Rowe has separated himself from the Nile to rule from a distance and surrounded himself with droids, like battle droids. He's got this spy working in the Republic Senate, which is fine, but he's obsessed with power now, and he even reveals himself to the galaxy, giving his name and position it's so out of character. I don't like the way that this wrapped up the first phase of the adult novels. It just doesn't... It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. This book is a tragedy. People are going to die. Jedi. They fall. Uh, there's going to be quite a few that uh, lose their life in a horrific way. And uh, people's feelings are going to get hurt. If you're a big fan of these characters. But I, I just... I did not really like this, this novel. I... I, I'm going to give it a, a C, maybe a C minus. It's just the more I think about it, the the more I dislike it. Uh, I like the tragedy of it. You know, losing characters is always like a shocker. It's like, oh, crap, what are we going to do now that these characters are gone? Or, you know, new things arise. But just the way that a lot of the characters were handled in this book was just bizarre to me. And I, I just can't get on board with that. And that's it for this review. I'm going to go wander the deserts of Tatooine now. Um, bye.